1: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bum on the Bat Flip, episode 149, kind of continuing our preview reviews of the positions around fantasy baseball to get you ready as we are on March 6th now, grooving into draft season. It's not There's still DCs going on, but it's, it, we're almost in full fab mode here pretty soon. Uh, so tonight, relief pitchers, middle infielders. Last uh, episode, we had catchers and corner infielders, so we'll get you going around the diamond, but before we get there, you can find me on Twitter at BDNTrick, and my co-host is always on Twitter at BatFlipCrazyToby. How are we doing, my friend?
2: Doing well, Bubba. We're getting there, you know? It's early March right now, but by the time we reconvene, it'll be mid-March, and then you know we're like less than three weeks away from, from Vegas, so pretty exciting, a nice time. I'm enjoying some of the slow drafting, like not actually enjoying it, you know, as in like enjoying it, but like you know, it's nice to kind of roll through a few of these to get to feel a little bit more prepared for the play, player pool. Um, yeah, and kind of go from
1: there. 100%. Uh, we have BARF this Saturday, which is going to be awesome. We got our uh, draft. And, of course, we're drafting next to each other again, Toby. It's like a tradition like any other.
2: It's did crazy. you did you set your KDS to do that or did, did you just get screwed?
1: Yeah, a little bit of both. Like, uh, what did I get, 14th or 15th, something like that? Yeah. Um, Basically, that was like my eighth or ninth choice. Okay. So it wasn't like my premier option, premium option. But uh, yeah, that, that's what happens. So yeah, yeah, fun stuff there. I've been going six to one and then like nine, 10, 11, 12, whatever. I don't, so maybe 15 was one of my last choices. Now I think about it. So yeah, not, not what I wanted.
2: No. Yeah, okay. I'm not well, liking the back I'm I don't sorry. like the back
1: end. I don't like the back end based on that round three, round four. I feel like I missed out on a lot that you can get on the uh, other side of things. So, mm-hmm. yeah it's a big big difference yeah it'll be
2: interesting to see in the second the third fourth yeah what gets there you know um it was actually my number five choice for kds this time around but i was 14th i got 14th selection um it feels like maybe this was biased against us yeah i don't know I if, uh, justin pulled something you know with nfbc and and screwed us both over with the kds i don't know if we've done something to upset him but um, you know the fact. What are the odds that that we get our fourteenth and fifteenth choice here? Yes. But um, yeah. I I have not uh, drafted from the very back, um, so I I intentionally had it up there pretty high. So I got nice. a little give lucky you, there.
1: Well, give you a nice practice in case that uh, lands that way in Vegas for you, so you'll have a an idea.
2: Yeah, it's it's hard to. I'm trying to think about where I'm going to be. I, I really don't know. Um, I may end up just being in the middle because it feels like I'm at least in the middle, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> it's, the, it's the spot
1: I've been liking the most, pretty much, uh, that, that middle area. Definitely not having to reach as much, and it's uh, it's been kind of a nice little groove to to get into in draft. So we'll see how it goes. Obviously, a lot can change as the uh, ADPs continue to change. Guys like Jordan Walker go nuts, and everything else happens, and injuries everywhere, and there's so much fun all around baseball. So that's when we do these reviews of the previews, of the positions to see how things have changed um, throughout the last month to two months since we talked about some of these positions. And let's start with relief pitchers, Toby. And uh, the top five relievers at the time of making this outline was Edwin Diaz, Emmanuel Classe, Josh Hader, Jordan Romano, and Devin Williams. Anything really changing to you out of those big five, or is there uh, something that
2: stands out to you? Um, Not, not necessarily. I mean, I think um, with the top five, so I actually, I got Diaz in, in a draft um, in one of my DCs. Um, in round two, I got him. And then I I was in a similar position in TGFBI, and I got class A. Um, at least I think that's what I did. Um, yeah, I definitely did, because I've only done two drafts. So it has to be, or three, I guess, at this point. Um, and part of that was just like diversifying a little bit. Um, I think also part of that though is I think I might like Classe a, a little bit more. Um, you know, I just think when we broke it down last time, the the saves, I think is one one story, you know, because I think Classe is very clearly like the ninth inning guy. And Diaz very clearly is the high leverage guy. And it's, you know, and while that's not a huge deal, right? It's like I mean, is Diaz going to get 30 saves? Probably. You know, will Klaasé get 35? Probably. Um, So it's not a huge difference, but I do like that. And I just think from a profile perspective, his 70% plus ground ball rate um, with some of the skills that he was showing at the end of the year makes me feel like it's just a little bit, it makes me feel a little bit better about, um, you know, we've seen Diaz have some, you know, not bad seasons, but not his best seasons and Klaasé, has been pretty consistent throughout. So again, splitting here hairs at this point, either one should be could be a top closer. But I think I'm leaning a little bit towards class A right now if I had to had to draft. Um, how are yeah, you feeling I'm, about those two?
1: It's funny you mentioned that because I've I've kind of it's been either or for me in drafts. It kind of almost depends on how I feel that day when I'm picking because it's it's a lot of what you're saying. Do I want like the strikeout upside of one versus the saves upside of the other and the improvements class A has made has been outstanding. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, Diaz, like you said, he's done it before. And then he's like hit the wall. Then he's done it again. Like there's so many things. And then at the same time, the Mets should be a very, very good team. That's very clear. Where Cleveland, they should be good. We don't know. You know, it's Cleveland. They could go a million different directions, but they should be pretty good. So it's a tough one. I think I looked at my player shares uh, on Sunday and I've like, I have like three or four Diazes and three or four Class A's. It's almost like pretty even uh, around the two. But I, I try to – that's one thing. If I have, like, the back end there, I'm almost trying to hope one of them falls to me. Usually they're gone by round three and four, especially in a 15-teamer. But um, it's a nice spot. That's another reason why I like kind of that early pick, middle pick. You can get one of these two guys, feel a lot better about life type situation. But uh, I'm I'm with you on the idea that Classe grown on me a lot more than maybe two months ago when it seemed like Diaz was the clear cut. One, it's always been one A, one B for me. But Diaz felt like the the, the sure one A, where I think Klossay definitely deserves the argument to be the one A, and uh, we'll have to kind of wait and see how that one plays out. Obviously, when the season happens, for um, sure.
2: Yeah, and it's been over two minutes of the podcast, and I haven't mentioned the spreadsheet yet. Um, decent, so I just to I just wanted to, I just wanted to mention that the spreadsheet does have Diaz ahead by a, a little over a dollar. So um, do with that information what you will. All right. I'm not, you know, I'm not actually a human here. I'm just a conduit of the spreadsheet. Um, it speaks, it speaks to me, and I speak for it. You know, I love it. So. I love it. Um, the
1: other three, though, hater Romano. I don't. I think I have like one hater from like a Guillotine League or Gladiator League. I mean, I don't think I have any shares of him in a in a, a any DC 50s fab leagues. Uh, no Romano at all for me. I do have some Williams though. I like Devin Williams quite a bit. So I am a Devin Williams fan, but I don't have any hater or Romano. What about you?
2: Yeah, I don't have any hater or Romano. Um, I feel better about Romano, the Velos, you know, where it's kind of at. So he should be fine. He seems like he's healthy. Um, I think there was like a little something where he was supposed to pitch for Team Canada in the WBC. Maybe he's still doing that, but I thought they said, no, we're actually not going to do that. But I could have just made that up um so he's fine i still don't i know i still don't love just like the spot where he's going to like some other players more but i feel better having seen him hater a little bit of a concern he was down two miles per hour i think on his velo um the other day i don't know if he's pitched um again since then but the last time i saw it let, let me just see i think i don't think he played in a stack cast yeah he didn't play in a stack cast park so um, that's a little bit of a concern, and it's, it may seem minor, and it's like, hey, these guys have been here, they've done it all, but something like that, if I'm, you know, on the fence, I'll I'll lean one guy in one direction. If things change in spring training, then maybe I'll adjust back, but for right now, I don't think I'm targeting either, either of them. Devin Williams is, is interesting because the projections really don't like him, but he's also somebody that's outpaced the projections and outpaced his um, ERA estimators um, pretty consistently throughout his career, and so... You know that that's a situation where I feel a little bit better about him. Like I would probably take him straight up over Romano. Yeah, um, I think. Hundred um, percent. And then, but yeah, I like the the players going a little bit further behind him uh, more. I think.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. And the, and the one guy I'm going to mention before we do these ADP debates that's been falling in ADP is Felix Bautista. That's because of the injury concerns. He looks like he'll be ready opening day, if not like very soon. So I've been swiping him up everywhere I can at a quote-unquote discount. We'll see if it pays off or not. could be fool's gold, but I've been taking that dip for a guy we saw be absolutely electric last year. So so something else that's changed since we last talked. All right, we got a couple ADP debates here. I'll go in within a few picks of each other. Devin Williams, Rice at Leglesias, Ryan Presley. How do you look at these three?
2: yeah so um for me of these three i think the guy i like the most is actually iglesias um i like that he's done it before he's been consistently good like every single year he's got multiple pitches that he can go to he's on a brave team that i think is absolutely outstanding i mean you look at the rotation they have you look at the other bullpen pieces you look at the hitting like they're going to be in a chance they're going to have a chance to win a lot of games and so I think he's being punished a little bit, maybe just because he wasn't a closer last year or people have the sense that he had a bad year, but he really was very solid. So I would kind of put him at, at the top there. I think the second, second is a little bit of a struggle. I mean, Preston was really good. Um, he was, the skills were out of this world, like the last little bit of the season um, for much of the season, the Astros are going to be an incredibly good team. They're going to win a lot of games. I think my only concern is the volume, you know, he's more like in the 55 inning range, I think, um, than um, then he is. And let me just see. And so, like, you know, um, it's been about two minutes again. So I think I should probably mention the spreadsheet, <laughs> but I aggregate um, I aggregate the playing time projections from various systems. So it's like, you know, like Class A has 70 innings, for instance. Diaz is at 64. You know, Helsley's at 67, Romano's at 65. Um, sorry, I gotta find these guys. So Iglesias is at 65. Where's Presley? He's at 60, right? So he's at five innings fewer, which you're like, oh, that's not a big deal. Well, it's almost 10%, you know. That's almost 10% fewer innings. So um, you know, that's that's definitely, you know, something that I go to. Devin Williams is at 64. So he's a pretty good. So I feel like Williams and Devin Williams is projected for 284 with 114 whip. Iglesias, you got 313 with a 105 whip. You know, I'd probably go in the whip direction there just because whip is a little bit more of a scarce category, especially as you get later in drafts. You know, you can find kind of some of those like, uh, you know, for for lack of a better example, like those Miles Mikolases, where you're like, oh, you know, like he's actually a good whip guy. But like, you know, you can find some of those like one two five whip guides with a middle middling era like a three five three seven five something like that but it's hard to find those really good whip guys um later on so i would probably lean i'd probably go iglesias williams and then wait what was it and then presley presley yeah for some reason i thought jordan romano was in there maybe he's just like <laughs> in my nightmares or something
1: he's etched into your brain i got, a, no, problem not, you, draft. I got yeah. no problem with you i got no problem with
2: you he helped
1: me a lot last year i drafted him all over the place last year it's a little different now at this adp and uh other situations in, in play but um i'm very similar to you i love rossel iglesias i've always liked rossel iglesias it was a shame when he got traded last year but he was still great with atlanta if not better with atlanta you mentioned a better baseball team which should do wonders for him He's a guy we've seen in the past go multiple innings and be just fine. He can do a lot mm-hmm. of things very, very well. Uh we saw what Kenley Jansen did there. I think honestly, Rysell's better than Kinley. It's not like a big statement of, by any means. But like if, if Kinley could do what he did, how can't Ricelle do that if not more? And I, I think that's that's a big plus as well. We could he could be one of those 40 save guys on that team. That, that's how that's how good the Braves should be. So big Rysell fan that I'm with you on the Devin Williams Presley conversation's been so much fun because I seem to be, like, like, drafting against them every time. Those are like, the, the two options it feels like. I'm a Devin Williams fan. It comes down to, like, do I want just the quantity of saves, which in theory you do want, where I think Presley out saves Devin Williams because Devin Williams might spend more time in high leverage situations than Presley will. Presley will be in the ninth inning. That's what Houston's going to do. Um, problem is, is, like you mentioned, Presley also – will miss time. He will spend at least one IL stint, if not two, every single year. That's what he does. And that's where you have him down to the 60 innings compared to the other guys. Uh, so it comes down to, like, quantity of saves versus maybe elite strikeout and ratios from a reliever that Devin Williams will give you compared to Presley. That's the way I see it. Could can be totally wrong, but um, so I've been leaning uh, leaning Williams over Presley in that regard. So we're in the same boat on that one, but right, uh, sell pretty easily for me out of those three. This next one It's pretty nasty, but it's the only other one that had guys getting Yeah, I saw it.
2: I saw it, and it scared me.
1: It's the only other one that had guys getting drafted close to each other. That's the only reason why I put it on here. Uh, It's Alexis Diaz. I think you meant Scott
2: Barlow instead of Joe Barlow. I was going to say, I was like, man, Joe Barlow's going at ADP of 600, I think.
1: You're right. It's Alexis Diaz, Daniel Bard, and Scott Barlow, uh, all going pretty close to each other. This is also before Daniel Bard got hurt. Who knows how long that's going to be for. Might be a minor thing. Who knows? But um, honestly, I don't want any of these guys. Maybe Scott Barlow. of the or similar. I, if I had to if I had to pick one, it would be Scott Barlow. But honestly, I don't really want any. So how do you uh, look at this situation?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, it's a good ADP debate. Uh, I have Scott Barlow as the top guy in this. He's the only one that I might have slight interest in. Um, but still, like, there's just royals aren't very good and is he really going to be the guy there all the time and is he going to get traded mid-season to somebody else i'm not i'm not as interested and i think it's also a really juicy part of the draft you know i have him as an adp of 129 um in in the spreadsheet which i hadn't mentioned in a couple minutes um and then alexis diaz so i have them both being like pretty terrible values but um being right next to each other in terms of pitchers uh, one being uh, player 170 and one being one player 175. Um, and then the Daniel Bard guy is down there, player 189. So they're actually pretty close ADP-wise. I think they're both pretty terrible values. I think, um, you know, with Bard, it's like he had a perfect season last year. It's not going to be a perfect season this year. And it can go wrong pretty pretty quickly for him. Um, Diaz, we talked about him last time. But let's do a little, what was your walk rate over the last (laughs) 10 games of the season? Um, So let's see. Actually, let's do a larger sample. Let's do, what was your walk rate the last 15 games of the season? For Alexis Diaz, it was 16.4%. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Alexis Diaz's walk rate was about twice as high as, yeah, it was twice as high. It was way too high. Um, let's also see like some, let's see what his BABIP was over the same period of time. Yeah. So his BABIP was 182 over the same period of time. So he wasn't really hurt by it. Right. What was his home run for a fly ball during that period of time? It was 5% home run for fly ball during that period of time. So what you're looking at is Alexis Diaz getting a crap ton of guys on base, not giving up any hits not giving up any homers and getting out of it and that's not going to happen again so you're going to get screwed and then daniel bard let's go on the daniel bard whip train um right here let's run it out of that one so daniel bard's whips um throughout his career once my uh were are yeah so since since Well, I mean, there was a seven-year gap between his seasons. So since he's come back to the majors, in 2020, it was 1.3. That is, that's rough. Um, The next year, in 2021, it was 1.6. And then last year, it was 0.99. Now, it actually wasn't, last year wasn't his lowest um, year in terms of walk rate. You know, it was his highest year in terms of K rate, but it wasn't his highest year in terms of swing strike rate. You know, it was his best K-walk minus at 18%, but um, it was also his lowest home runs per nine. Like, everything went his way, and it's not going to go his way again. And so, really, when you make this pick, you got to be asking yourself, like, how much am I willing to sacrifice for saves? And it feels like if you're in a draft and that's the question you're asking yourself, like, I'm not sure that that's a better question than saying, hey, what's the chance that, you know... um, God, who's like a spec closer right now? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure that's better, honestly, than saying like Carlos Estevez is going at pick yeah. 240 and he may have sucked so far in spring, but you know, I think there's a 55% chance that he's going to pitch. And then if he pitches, there's a 75% chance that he's mediocre, you know, or, or like good enough, right? Like three, five, one, two, whip or something like that. Whereas with Bard, I think it's much more like, right? Maybe he's like at 100% of being successful, but like, Having a successful season, I would put at a pretty low, pretty low rate there, and then you're giving up pretty good draft capital um, with the with the pick that he's going at to get him. So,
1: yeah, it's rough. It's rough. Uh, Daniel Bard, great season. Not going to do it again. It's pre- pretty simple stuff there. Uh, let's talk about some targets ADP six through ten. Um, some of the relievers coming off the board here: Ryan Presley, Rysel Glacius, Ryan Helsley felix bautista and kenley jansen uh who would be your target in that range
2: yeah i mean in that range you know we talked about it already but um i think in that of what you mentioned i'd say iglesias um and then i'd say here let me just order them by EP here That'll give me a better um shot so i would say um like iglesias would be the top there probably um williams a little bit above presley i think bautista is the one guy that i just wouldn't go after sorry about I know you mentioned you just got a bunch of them but um we talked about it last time i'm a little concerned just about the kind of skills and and the walk rate for him and then you throw on you add on the injury a little bit that has me concerned i do like ryan helsley a lot he is also down a little bit below wise but he's still like above 99 Um, which is really nice. And then with, with Jansen, I mean, we covered him before too, and he's fine. Like he's, I think he'll probably be fine. Like, you know, mid three ZRA and one, two whip maybe, and he'll probably get all the saves there. So I don't think that's a bad, I don't think that's a bad roll of the dice either going after him there.
1: Yeah. For me, it's Iglesias. It's Bautista. Don't mind Jansen. If you fault him, I agree with what you said on that one, that, he, he always gets a bad rap. I always enjoy the ADP that you get him at. So I'll take that every single time. Uh, when we talk ADP 11 through 20, we have Camilo Duvall, Clay Holmes. It starts to get murky folks. David Bednar. Uh, let's keep scrolling. Alexis Diaz, Scott Barlow, Daniel Bard, Peter Fairbanks. Uh, a couple more here. Andres Munoz and Paul Seawald. Let's stop it there. So,
3: They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: Yeah, um, I don't like Duval at all. Yeah, um, well, I'm yeah. kind of steering clear of him. I think we talked a little bit about him. I do like Bednar um, quite a bit. I think Bednar is really good. I think the situation in Pittsburgh obviously isn't ideal in terms of the number of wins that he'll have have access to. But you know, he put together I think 25 saves last year. He was really good um so I don't mind Bednar at all not really interested in homes um either yeah I it's just like in, in this point of the draft I think these are the guys that you know really I'm I'm kind of like I'd rather probably spec on guys a little bit I do like Fairbanks um a decent amount was he was he included yeah 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 I do like um I think I think John Duran is interesting you know um there's a really good podcast that uh, greg jewett did for the athletic at rates and barrels that i'd highly recommend people checking out as well um where he kind of went through situations through situation and that was really interesting and he highlighted the fact that um you know that uh, duran like the twins have been very clear that that they're trying to cap guys's earnings by limiting their saves that's what they did with taylor rogers before and so that limits my interest in him a little bit i think um You know, but his skills are just off the charts, you know, and then you look at that bullpen and you're kind of like, who else is going to be there? Because, you know, Jorge Lopez had a great first half last year, but he's got a lot of career of not being a very good pitcher. Um, When he does that, his velo is also down a little bit. Um, So I'm not sure either one of those guys is is of a ton of interest to me, although Duran could be, but, you know, he's just, he's going so high. Like, it's just such a valuable pick you're giving up there. I really love that area of the draft. Um, honestly. So I've just a hard time going there with guys. Um, yeah. So those did, who did I miss? Who did I miss?
1: Uh, yeah. The Seattle closers and Munoz and ah, Sewald. Yes. Uh, um, yeah. And then some of the guys we already talked about, Alexis Diaz and uh, Bard and uh, Barlow.
2: Yeah. With Sewald, Sewald's a little bit interesting um, to me. I don't necessarily mind that he's already started pitching. Um, I think he's been pitching well from what I've seen at least results. I don't know if he's pitched to the Statcast stadium yet, where we're really getting a good sense of how well he's pitching, but I think he pitched a clean inning, um, which is nice. I think it's his job probably in the vast majority of situations. Munoz is obviously, you know, probably a su- superior pitcher, but sewald has been Sewald or whatever. Um, he's been pretty good uh, for the last couple seasons. So I don't mind specking there. I'd rather spec spec you know, not necessarily spec, but like I'd rather go after maybe like a guy who gets 75% of the saves here who has good skills than I would a little bit earlier just because I think that's a really prime area for both pitchers and hitters. There's a lot of guys in that region that I really like. So, um, yeah, so so I would not stay off of Munoz just because I don't think he's the closer, so I don't think you have to get him here. Um, Sewold I think, is, is definitely um, an interesting character right here. So... That's kind of my general sense of those guys. Yeah,
1: we're on a lot of the same ones. I've been interested in Clay Holmes, but I've been steering a little clearer as the draft season's gone on. I like Bednar quite a bit. I just wish the Pirates had given more save chances because they just aren't going to be good. That's the part that stinks, but he should help you everywhere else. Uh, And then Fairbanks and Sewell are two guys I've been starting to circle as draft season's gone on. If I didn't get two good closers early, those are guys I've been uh, definitely looking towards because they'll get you the ratios plus the save chances. So Big fans of uh, of those two as well. And Fairbanks, everyone's talks about the Rays. You know, they always have all these guys closed. They do, but when they have a good guy that doesn't get hurt, they usually stick with them. The thing is, the Rays are always getting guys hurt and moving guys around and and doing that thing. Sue so, or uh, Fairbanks could easily give you twenty plus saves. That wouldn't shock me at all. So,
2: yeah, definitely interested in that one. And indeed, all right. Yeah, let's well, go. I find myself in the same situation every year where I go in and I'm like i'm gonna grab two closers bubba i'm gonna get these two closers so i don't have to worry about it at all and then i get into the draft and i'm like oh my god i love these hitters and these starters like these guys are so good like let's uh let's 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 grab them and i'm like oh i don't really want to get this mediocre closer here you know it feels too wrong but yeah i don't know
1: yep that's the the beauties and the trials and tribulations of drafting that's the the fun of it all as we do this time and time again. And then in April, we're going to wish we were still drafting because it's all behind us. Uh, let's go to the middle infield now, where there's a little bit more to talk about than there is relievers. Uh, anything changed for you when looking at second base? I know it's one of those positions where it kind of dries up pretty quick, not quite like third base, but it does get interesting. There's a lot of depth, I guess you could say, but it's just not like you love it depth. It's more like, hey, it's not a bad middle infielder in round 27 depth, but uh, like, how, how are you looking at second base?
2: Yeah, you know, um, I'm, I'm both glad and not glad that we're looking at uh, middle infield uh, today just because I, I, I compared to all the different positions, I really don't like middle infield and sec- I don't like shortstop and second the most. Like if I were to rank all the positions, maybe outfielders in there, the one caveat that I'd say to that, and this has really been my approach all draft season, um, is I'm really not focusing on the positions at all. I'm trying to draft the best players. And, um, and regardless of position until I have to, you know, and so what I'm more looking for in these, in these situations is perceived value of guys. And just like any other position, there are players that, um, that provide some value in here. So I think there are pockets that I really like, you know, at at the different positions, I would say shortstop, I haven't done it yet. You know, even though I love first base this year, I've been getting a lot of first basemen in, in the first round so far. Um, So we'll see if that, if that continues, but um, uh, shortstop, you know, obviously is a position. I think that would be interesting to get early on, just because I do think that you have some really elite performers up there. And I think that goes down a little bit, like the further along that you get into draft. I do think that there's some second baseman going late. I think there's a variety of different options there that you can kind of go to. Um, So I think that's fine. Whereas I don't really like the second baseman um, going earlier on. Um, So I'm much more in kind of maybe a wait and see approach at second base versus shortstop. Um, But I think with all of them, yeah, I think like the deeper you get, the more second basemen stand out to me. The earlier on you are, the shortstop obviously stand out. And I think there's a couple nice ones kind of in the middle range as well that you can go to. So I do think that there's a lot of flexibility, but I will say the shortstop position, I think, is probably the worst as you get later in drafts. Um, So I would just say, you know, make sure you don't wait too long um on the shortstop position you know not well I mean yeah to get your first shortstop because you can always get one shortstop earlier on and then fill your middle infielder with a second baseman or something like that so you know um yeah so that's what I would I would say um yeah on that that's kind of been my approach as I've gotten there and I've got I've had a couple teams where I'm like ah I'm a little late getting a second baseman here it's a little rough and like a DC or not getting enough depth but yeah
1: no, we're on the same page. And I, I've been saying it too. shortstop. We always talk about how deep shortstop is. It is not the same kind of depth this year. Sure. There's a bunch of like, quote unquote, fantasy viable shortstops, but the quality is not what it used to be. It, it definitely drops off quickly. That's why I, I, I keep saying I, I like to leave the draft with somebody no later than like Willie Adamas, Jeremy Pena level of shortstop. I want at least one from there or before. I'm trying not to reach for one of the first rounds if I don't have to, but like, I've been finding myself liking Francisco Lindor more and more, especially if he falls in around three. That's been a, an attractive piece to me. Like Just little things like that where shortstop can get uh, kind of nasty. But second base, I don't really, like, the early second basemen don't stand out to me as much as other positions, kind of like what you were saying. So I just kind of wait on the position. I'm not on purpose, I guess, but it just seems that way. And uh, like Glaber Torres started to look a little more appealing to me later on in drafts. Guys like that. And then I don't mind waiting for like the Colton Wongs of the world and stuff like that if if worse comes to worst preferably at middle infielder like you said but um, you know they say in 15 team leagues there's always a position you're gonna be kind of like weak at uh, second base is fine with me if it's one of those guys late uh, in those scenarios but it's definitely not what it used to be is what it feels like because I'm not even in love with like the Ozzy Albies of the world like I used to be like I like him a lot but it doesn't like I'm not running to go draft him so after you get to like Marcus Simeon in the early rounds, it's kind of like, eh, yeah, you got these guys. That, that's kind of what stands out there. And it, it, they're not like jumping off like Altuve. I love jazz, but it's just none of these guys are really doing it for me. And then as you get deeper in, it's like, tell me the difference between Jorge Polanco, Thyro Estrada, Vaughn Grissom. Like they're all kind of very similar kind of dudes to me. So it's, it makes it kind of tough to, uh to want to reach for them when you can go get like a, a cool third or fourth outfielder or go get a third or fourth starting pitcher or go and do these other things to to fill your roster and your team's needs instead of just filling the positional needs like Toby was saying not worrying so much about position as in getting the best players for your roster and that's where it leaves me going like just deeper at the second base position and just filling it at some other point in time unless it just kind of happens where it works out and I get a guy I want it falls or something but more often than not that's just not happening right now all right, let's do some ADP debates here at the position we got. Let me uh click the middle infielders tab here to make it a little more official. All right, we got Tommy Edmond ADP of about seventy-five, give or take. Dansby Swanson ADP of eighty-two. So the twelfth and thirteenth middle infielders off the boards. Uh, how do you view these ones? It's uh, Tommy Edmond is always a fun and controversial name out there.
2: Yeah, right. Um, <clears throat> this one's an interesting one. Both guys that show up as really good values where they're going actually um, in the spreadsheet since we haven't mentioned it in a couple minutes um, but and I, I haven't gotten either one i've been in a position to get swanson and i can't quite get there um, you know he's probably gonna bat third in that lineup so he's gonna be in a really good spot maybe it's the new situation i'm not quite sure but i just have not been able to go there maybe i'll get there later in the season um, edmund you know, again, all the controversy around is he going to hit first? Is he going to hit, you know, towards the back end of the lineup? I think the key is, is if he gets 600 plate appearances, right? Um, he's gotten close to that or at that the last couple of years. Let me just, let me just make sure. Let me just make sure. I feel like he has. Um, uh, but he's done that and he's been, you know, really successful. And maybe he's that guy. Yeah. So he had 691 and then 630. know so i think as long as he's around 600 he's going to be totally fine is he one of those guys that's going to take the next step around speed it could be i think he's a player that you know if you like if you if you build like i typically build right and you go with a lot of pitcher heavy early you know he's a guy that can help you catch up on that speed um pretty quickly um so yeah but it's just a question of again you know, um, where he hits in the lineup and how many played appearances he has. He's very good defensively, so he should be in there. He does also have the added benefit of having the second base eligibility as well. And so, you know, that probably puts in his checkmark for me with Edmund over Swanson, but the balance profile is obviously more Dansby because of the power that he can provide. And, you know, he should give you some pretty good counting stats, even though the Cubs lineup isn't you know, it's nothing to write home about, but I think it's not one of those lineups that's so bad that it's really going to severely impact you know, his ability to get runs in RBI.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on this one. It's Swanson for me. I love the fact he'll be hitting in the middle of the Cubs lineup. At least the top half of the lineup isn't going to be that bad. Like There's still going to be run production to be had there. so I like that. He'll have the free pass to run because we saw that even with the Cubs last year. The guys that could ran, run got to run pretty much whenever they wanted to, which is a plus. So Swanson will be able to drive in runs, he will to score runs, and be able to steal will like I don't know if he goes 20 20, but he can put up another 20, 22 home runs, and like 15, 16 stall bases pretty easily. And, and the counting stats can be a lot better. So I like that with him. And many, like, you know, another 30 steals definitely in the bag, no matter if he's ninth or first in the lineup. We know that with him. The power to me is always like, is he ever going to show the production that we like hoped he would? He could. Who knows? But there's just so many question marks, especially with that Cardinals team. There's a lot of moving parts right now. Like even Newt Bar, there's like a crowded outfield all of a sudden. There's a lot going on there in St. Louis for playing time. I'm not saying it's gonna like affect Edmond as much, but it could. There's a lot, like a lot of moving pieces there, and it could definitely affect the spot in the batting order. Let's put it that way. Edmond's not gonna lose his his spot in the field, but the batting order can really shift with a lot going on there. So, give me Dansby Swanson on this one, and I'll just forever be the. uh, Fade Edmund guy. I was on him the first year when he was cheap. Haven't been on him since. So we'll see how, how it keeps going. The next one is a fun one for me because a lot of uh, interesting players. You got Tim Anderson, ADP of 88, Xander Bogarts, ADP of 93, Willie Adamas, ADP of 95. So you got three shortstops rounding out the top 100 and ADP here. And it's there, there's a lot of interesting arguments for all three of them. So how do you view Anderson, Bogarts, Adamas?
2: Yeah, Bogart's is clearly the last one for me. Um, you know, I think, well, I guess ADP doesn't have it exactly right because Bogart's is a little bit ahead of Adamus, but not really interested in Xander all that much. Um obviously the batting average will be good. I just question a little bit of the pop, um, especially going to that um cavernous uh ballpark there. Um yeah, so I'm not that I'm not that into into Xander, the speed like you know, is a little bit fluctuating. I think there's a lot more question mark about what the production is going to be there. And I think there's better players to address kind of at that point in the draft. Um, I do like the other two though, Um, Adamas, you know, I think if you're looking for, maybe if you're a little bit light on power, you know, and you're looking for it from shortstop, I think Adamas is the guy, could be the guy to go there without necessarily hurting you in steals. You know, the batting average is obviously the one question mark, but I think if you look at his, projection it's not like an an awful um it's not an awful projection i want to say uh if i ever if i could ever um find it my sheet is a little bit more difficult to find the exact um yeah the exact uh number for the uh yeah i'll just stop trying Um, but I think it's in the two forties, so it's not necessarily crushing you. I think he had that pretty low pavoc last year. If my memory serves me correctly. Yes, he did. Um, so there's that. And I think, you know, he stole a little bit, maybe he steals a little bit more now, you know, he's going to play every day. He's in the middle of that lineup. So I think that's a really nice spot for him. Tim Anderson is another interesting one as well. I mean, he actually rates out as one of the better values in the draft for me at this point in time, you know, I think, um, but, you know, I think there's, you know, one of the things that I struggle with, I actually drafted him in TGFBI, um, you know, the thing is, like, you don't see a ton of 600 plate appearances, yep. you know, out of him, right? So the playing time is a little bit of a question. But, like, at the same time, like, would you, um, you know, would you take him at 525? Or would you take him at 550 with the batting average that he's going to provide? You know, like, the last time he hit Five fifty, he went 309, 17, 94, 61, 18. Like that sounds pretty, pretty good to me. Um, Yeah. I mean, I would take that at my pick, you know, around pick 90. Um, So I would take that. So I think it's really a question of health um, with, uh, uh, with Tim Anderson. And so again, like it is not necessarily a super easy pick to make for that reason, but there's also, you know it could be it could be really it could be really juicy I have him at projected at 576 plate appearances so you know if you if you drop that if you drop that a little bit then you know he falls back closer to where he should be going in ADP in terms of rank um but you know I do love that very high batting average he's one of the few guys that you can kind of pencil in for like 290 plus and that does a lot for your team um when you're able to do that so um, I do like Tim Anderson, but I like him and Adamas. Um, I think they're fine. I think there's a lot of shortstops kind of going in this, in this general area of the draft that I'm that I'm a fan of. So,
1: Yeah, for me, it's Willie Adamas. Uh, you mentioned the low BABIP. Yeah, it was down to 278 last year. He's been like 330 or above most of his career. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if like even uh, the bad X has been at 247, uh, ATC 246. That'd be much, much more inclined. 31 homers last year. We've seen the power improve year after year, and his batting average or his strikeouts dropped to 27% from 28%. Like it's not a big drop, but hey, I'll take anything I can get from a young player. He's only be 28 this year. And what I love to see is his barrel rates, his hard hit rates, they've continued to increase year after year after year. So as he's getting more comfortable at the plate, it's been a, a marked improvement for William. And the eight steals last year was a career high for him. So if he could, like you said, like sneak in 10 or something, that'd be pretty sweet as well uh tim anderson would be second for me uh, bogarts is always just a do not draft for me just kind of a at least his adp is not great but it's not it's not a dead average but it feels like a dead average when you got a guy like xander bogarts plus think you mentioned that ballpark and everything i'll pass so it comes down to tim anderson at number two and it's strictly the health and and the 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 plate appearances as you mentioned you mentioned the year he had um you know 550 plate appearances in 2021 that was outstanding. The two years he had six hundred plus in seventeen and eighteen, those were great years. Uh, the batting average has been amazing the last three years, like we talked about. Uh, batting driven, that's who he is. So that that's strong. It's just the guy's got to stay healthy. He hasn't played more than one hundred twenty three games since two thousand eighteen. So that's the only uh, concern I have with Tim Anderson. Again, you are not paying a premium for him like you have been in years past. So that's a plus for Tim Anderson. But if I got to like separate him by any any little bits. I got William Adamas, then Tim Anderson, then Xander Bogarts. I don't have any shares of Tim Anderson yet. I feel like I need to remedy that at some point in time just in case he stays healthy because he will be a gift to – he'll be the guy that I was drafting everywhere last year. and that, that, That's why it would be even more frustrating if he stays healthy this year. But, uh, yeah, it's Adamas, Anderson, Xander Bogarts for me.
2: The one thing I'll say about Bogarts is that since we both kind of crapped on him um, for a good reason, I may add um, – is that like if you look at his batting average the last five years right and i'm just it's like a random sample but 288 309 300 295 307 and his projection is 270 277 275 266 269 right so if you were to actually say oh well what if we give bogarts you know a 290 batting average Then the projections bump him up and he becomes a value. So, if you believe that batting average, right, if you believe he can hit that batting average, that he's going to be in the middle of that lineup and he's also going to, you know, hit close to 20 home runs, well, then, I mean, that's a little bit of a different story for him as well. So, I could see him dropping and, and or people not believing the projected average, which I think is a super reasonable thing to do. And then as a result, thinking that Bogarts is interesting to grab there.
1: Yeah, that's that's fair. Very fair. Which I wish he had more power. Be Corey Seager. That's, that's what I wish you could be. Uh next, ADP to me. We have Thyro Estrada at 166. Von Grissom at 169. Brandon Lau at 173. So we're getting to the deeper, deeper masses here at the second base position. How do you rate these? And don't feel
2: bad. You can offend me all you want. <laughs> um, yeah, Tyro Estrada, I think pretty clearly is is the one out of this group. I mean, with with um Yeah, I like him. I like him. I I have not gotten him um, yet, but I I do like him. I have
1: many shares, many shares. Yeah,
2: second base, shortstop, probably going to play every day, speed power, combo, batting average. He could get outfield, too. That's that's impressive. So um, I do like that um, a lot. I think he's just going in an area where there's a lot of different players that I like, and so I haven't necessarily grabbed him not really interested in Brandon Lau I could definitely see where he becomes you know huge value if he plays on a regular basis but I think he's probably going to be part of a plant platoon and um yeah I mean we'll we'll kind of see what he ends up doing he's also got to stay healthy which again you're healthy until you're not um or you're not healthy until you are uh we've seen that a number of different times so I can definitely see that happening um as well um and then um the other player you mentioned
1: Von Grissom. was
2: Grissom is Vaughn Grissom. Yeah, sorry. Um, I mean, I could definitely see it on a per play appearance basis for Grissom. I could see being interested in him. Um, you know, question is going to be whether he plays and also like, if he starts off, what is the percentage chance that he struggles initially and gets benched like he did last year? Um, you know, I think that's a major concern you have to have, even if he's kind of in that position. But on a per plate appearance basis, if I remember correctly from his, um, yes, yeah, so they have him hitting ninth. Um, yeah, so he's got 10 home runs, 13 steals and 469 plate appearances with 262 average. I mean, that's really good, right? It's very similar to Tyro Estrada going later on in draft. So if you think he's going to be good, if you think he's going to be able to, you know, play the in- shortstop well enough to stay in that lineup and then stay healthy enough to stay in that lineup as well, then I think he's a really interesting um you know, he could be a really interesting guy there. The projections just don't see it right now. And, you know, I think there's a lo- a little bit too many instances where he's just doesn't, that you're dropping him, right? Like he's not even playing. Um, I think there's too many instances where that occurs for me to be interested in right here. Um, I think maybe if he was going like in the mid 200s or something like that, I'd be a little bit more interested. But I think there's enough players that I feel confident that they're going to be good. And I feel confident that they'll be close enough to what he's going to give you. Um, to go
1: there, so yep, we're on the same same page. It's a uh, thyro strata for me. If I had to go, Von Grissom would be number two. I just don't have any shares because I a lot of the concerns you sh- you mentioned. I'm concerned about like, is he gonna play enough? Like, he should gain shortstop eligibility, which will be nice, but is he gonna be the everyday guy? There's, there's a lot of questions to be, be had there. Then brandon Lau is the clear third for me. Uh, there's so many people that love him, he's had one season where he played over 82 games as 2021. And he had a great year, 39 homers, 247. Awesome. He's done it once. And even last year, it wasn't just injuries. Like you mentioned, he got platooned last year. And that is always a concern with Tampa Bay. And I don't see that changing this year with the the makeup of that roster. So I just stay away from Brandon Lau. If he proves me wrong, so be it. But I don't see how he plays. Like all the projections have him for like 100, bad X 125 games. Most of them have him for 125. They got him for 21, 24 home runs, which – it's cool, which is good. I don't even know if he's gets to 125. Like I said, he's only gotten over 82 one time. Like So we're, we're asking for a lot there from Brandon Lau, and I'm just going to pass on that and take Tyro Estrada and, and move on and get the uh, all the you know, five categories potentially with Tyro Estrada. The, the power will probably be the weakest of his five categories, but I'm still a believer he's a 15-home run guy where some people don't think he is. He's shown he can hit the ball hard with the max EV. He's young. I, I'd still give him some time to develop that as well. So uh, I'm pretty – Pretty happy with what we're seeing there with that. All right. couple more here real quick. Uh, we got Gene Segura. Where are you, Gene? Let's scroll down and find Gene Segura. 220 was what I have in that. 220. Oh, yep, there he is. I had 218 over the last couple of weeks. And then Luis Arise at 220. So they're about two picks apart right now. I'm just going to say real quick, it's an easy Gene Segura for me. But uh, what's your thoughts on these two?
2: Yeah, it's a really good uh, – Putting them next to each other um, because in my spreadsheet, you know, which I haven't mentioned in a couple minutes, um, is uh, he's is two twenty, Arias is two sixteen for ADP, and they're one ninety 190 and one ninety six. So they're both showing up as you know decent values, um, and they're right next to each other with about the same value. Like they're both like twenty four to twenty five picks um above where they should theoretically be going Um, which is good for drafters um you know i'm i'm a gene segura guy too here the one concern like i was super into segura and like the one thing that gives me a little bit of pause not enough pause to like not necessarily draft him but is they do have him hitting sixth in that miami lineup and i worry a little bit about the the counting stats in that particular situation like it's not a bad spot for steals but it's not gonna be a great place for Homers. And um, yeah, I just think that the the runs in RBI could be pretty low um, in that type of a situation. So I'm a little concerned about that. But Arias is still a little bit of a too much of a one trip pony. Um, I do think it's interesting, you know, with him batting leadoff I think the middle of that lineup could be a little bit better, you know, than people anticipate, right? Like kind of last year was the worst that it could be. Um, with both um you know solaire and and Obby and cooper being injured oh i guess they have a hitting third at this point now and jazz hitting first so i haven't looked at the lineups recently so maybe that's swapped he's a little bit more interesting in, in, in hitting third um, but not going to give you a lot of power not going to give you a lot of steals but if you are back in batting average and you want to kind of go with one of those one trip type ponies i could definitely see um, definitely see going through it. tim there
1: yeah, it's, it's Gene Segura for <laughs> me. I, I've never been a Luis Harai's guy. He's a better real-life player than fantasy player for me. But there are some very smart people that like him, and I'll go down with that ship. Uh, the last one I have here, when I made this list two weeks ago, they were right next to each other in ADP. Since then, the last two weeks ADP, Bryson Stott is 224, and Ha Sung Kim is 245. So they're a little bit apart now. Um, do you have any thoughts on these two real quick?
2: yeah i mean my thoughts are if you're drafting them for your for your team you maybe waited a little bit too long um no i mean i think that they're both they're both really interesting i mean stott is interesting he's still really young he has really good plate discipline the batted ball quality is not necessarily there the question is going to be whether he's in a platoon as well um you know they they brought in josh harrison i feel like at this point in time that's probably the play that they go with is josh harrison against lefties and and um, Stott against um, uh, righties, and if that's the case, right, then that 497 plate appearances is, is looking a little bit more accurate um, than it would otherwise, um, you know, and that's 12 home runs, 11 steals, 247 batting average, and those projections look great, but then it's like, then you have to manage kind of the, the lineup, right? You have to, like, you know, figure out when he's playing, figure out when he's not playing, and all that jazz, and it's just kind of like, is that worth it for price and Stott? Um, with Hassan Kim, I mean, I think he should definitely play um, on a regular basis. So I definitely think there's some interest there. It's actually kind of remarkable. Like the, the Padres lineup gets so bad pretty quickly. Um, you know, right now they obviously don't have Tatis Jr. in there, but, you know, you got Jake Cronenworth hitting fourth. Yeah. You know, you got Nelson Cruz, Matt Carpenter, Hassan Kim, Trent Grisham, Austin Nola. Like it's just a little bit of a rough, um, a little bit of a rough go there. Um, and then with Kim, you have a very similar projection, a higher plate appearance projection, but you know, you're looking at, um, you know, low teens in terms of home runs and low teens in terms of steals as well. I mean, last year he almost got 600 plate appearances and he was at 11 and 12 with close to 60, 60. I mean, at close to 600 plate appearances, I think you're hoping for a little bit more and maybe he does get slightly better, but pretty similar actually. Like, you know, his barrel rate was actually down from his first year. Is so at 4.2% from 4.5. Had a max EV that was a little bit lower as well. So I'm not sure what the ceiling really is there um, uh, with them. So, yeah, I'm not really interested in either of them right there. There's just different players that I'm targeting in this position of the draft.
1: Yeah, no, it's I'm not on either one of them. If I had to pick one of the two, I'll give a chance to Bryson Stott, but uh, I'm not really on either one of them. So I'll keep that short and sweet on that one. Let's do second-base targets here, ADP my 11. My camera is making people dizzy, the, Uh I wouldn't worry about somewhere. it. I wouldn't worry about it. Um, ADP 11 through 20, we have Vaughn Grissom, Brandon Lau, Jonathan India, Whit Merrifield, Jake Cronenworth, Jeff McNeil, Cattell Marte, Brandon Drury, Josh Rojas, Gene Segura. Are any of these guys' targets for you on draft day? Oh, man.
2: Um, hold on one you, second. You can Let say me. no. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, I don't have them on my list, so I got to, like, pull up ADP and look at who um, who they are, because it just says uh, 111 through 20. Um, let's see what we got here. Hold on one sec. Sorry, just because I can't remember all of them. Um, uh, all right. So we got um, middle infield. Second all right. Base. Oh, second base. Sorry.
1: Yeah.
2: Apologies. All right. 11. So we got our guy, um, Estrada, who we talked about. Is that who we're talking? You're starting with? Sorry. Um, I
1: have Von Grissom. I have dates of uh, 220
2: to 36. Okay. So Von Grissom, um, we talked about him. And we have talked about Estrada as well. Brandon Lowe, we talked about. I do like Jonathan India as like a potential bounce back um, for him. You know, a lot of these guys, like I don't have India on any of my teams, but yet, but I feel like I, I kind of want to, but I'm not sure. It's just like the way that the draft flows. He just doesn't seem to be coming my way. Jeff McNeil, not really interested in him. Batting average only profile. I'd rather wait and get Luis Arias. Cattell Marte is really interesting. Like the projections love him. The projections always love him. And he's really only had that one good season where he's been kind of fantasy viable. And so- um, year two. Yeah, it's the bouncy ball year two. So it's kind of like, Uh, the projections really make me want to like him but i haven't gone after him either cronenworth is a compiler not really going to get you home runs not really going to get you steals decent batting average um decent counting stats if he's hitting in the middle of that lineup so i don't mind that but i'm not that into it i'm probably not targeting it there brandon drury probably not i just think there's too many ways that he um, fails or doesn't get enough playing time in that particular situation Ah, uh, Whit Merrifield. I do like Whit a decent amount. I mean, he is hitting towards the back end of that lineup, but I think he does have second base and outfield, so he should get a good decent run. And so I feel like 20 steals is definitely possible and a little bit of pop, especially with the new dimensions on the outfield. You know, they might be able to help him a little bit more because he does. He is, you know, he's good for he's good for 10 home runs or so. Um, and then Arrias, we talked about Stottle, we talked about. Um, yeah, I think that's that's what I have through 20. Is that right?
1: Yeah, it's pretty close. Um, India is pretty much India and Cronenworth are probably the only two guys I'm interested in here. Um, I got Gene Segura at twenty, and uh, I don't mind him, but uh, yeah, India and Cronenworth. India is by far my favorite. That's why it's just a, a bad position. It's like you kind of have to take a guy early and don't like it, or I don't know, or you just keep waiting. But it's it's not ideal. Let's put it that way. It's not an ideal position at second base, but at least you're almost to ADP two hundred here. So you can start taking chances. Like I've taken a few chances on Brandon Jury earlier in draft season, not as in love with it as the as season goes on with the, all the moving pieces in Anaheim and how they might be using things there. So less than ideal in that scenario. But yeah, India and Cronenworth are the main two for me, especially Cronenworth, the first base, second base eligibility that MICI. I, I do like that quite a bit, a lot of flexibility there, but, and then Segura will get third base. So that that's big as well. But yeah, not, not, not a ton in this range. Uh, 21 through 30, who are you looking at here? Because I actually like a few more here, I think, than I did 11 through 20.
2: Yeah, so um, now mine has Bryson Stott again in it. Um, I don't know if that's what yours reads as as well, but yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I have Bryson I Stott at uh, 22. Okay, i have met 21 in mine. So my dates are probably a little bit off, but I'll just go through. So Stott, you know, not really interested for the reasons I mentioned. Gene Segura, um, I like him. Um, definitely would go after him there. You know, I mentioned the concerns towards the back end, but you're picking pick 220. Most guys here have some sort of concern about them. I do like uh, Luis Urias. I think he's a guy who could take that next step. He's got the triple position eligibility, which is really nice. Again, I find myself drafting different positions at this point in the draft right now, but um, he's definitely somebody where if I've missed out on second base or shortstop or I still need my MI filled, I think he's a really nice guy to go to right here. Colton Wong, you know, also he's going to be platoon, but he should be hitting leadoff in that Mariners lineup against righties. So if you can time it right, which is always super annoying. He could be interesting and he shows up as a little bit of a value. DJ LeMayhew, I'm just not sure what we're getting at this point in time, right? With the dead end ball, him going oppo so much, like that's really impacted his home run total. If he's playing every day and hitting towards the top of that lineup, then I think it's a it's a little bit of a different story, but I'm not sure that he's going to get there. Um, and I'm not sure he's going to stay healthy enough to do that either. Uh, Christopher Morrell, I think he's having an awful spring so far. Not really interested in him though. If he does get plate appearances, I mean, no doubt he can go 2010, 2015 um, for sure. Over the course of a full season, John Birdie, he's not playing every day. Um, I picked him up in a DC where I was short on speed. And just, cause I was like, well, maybe he'll get like a run for like a month or two when somebody's injured and I can accumulate some steals there. But It's really hard in redraft to be able to roster a guy like that and keep him on your lineup. Chris Taylor, I think he's really intriguing to me. He should have second base shortstop and outfield um, pretty early on in the season. He's playing for the Dodgers. You know, um, he should get enough playing time. I think the projections are underselling that a little bit. So he's definitely kind of a middle infield and maybe even an outfield target for me, depending on, um, you know, what my team build looks like so far. Brendan Donovan, not really that interested. Um, I got to do a little bit of a deeper dive though, if he's going to play on a regular basis. I wasn't anticipating that that was going to happen, but they seem to be batting him pretty high up the lineup. And he started off well this spring. I think he's a pretty similar profile to Edmond, except without speed, Um, you know, not super interested in that, but he exists. Um, And then Isak Isak Paredes, um, not really into him. I know a lot of some really smart people like him. He's got the triple position eligibility. He should play a decent amount, but I'm just not sure. I mean, it seemed like he was way overperforming his power potential, maybe underperforming the batting average, but the projections don't really like the batting average either, although they do like him as like a little bit of a decent value um, going on um, right here. So actually, no, they don't. Mine don't anymore. Um, so that that's something that has changed. Um, so, yeah. so. <coughs> Not a ton of guys in there, but there's a few of them that I might go after as my middle infielder or even, like, an outfielder like a Chris Taylor or something like
1: that. Yeah, this, this is the range. A lot of middle infield options here. Colton Wong, I'll keep going back, to. I know they said they're going to platoon him, but we'll see how long that lasts for. He can hit lefties okay. So, well, I guess it's um, – oh, God, I just blanked on that. Who the heck is he going to platoon with? Mr. like Moore, I believe it is, that hits 210. Oh, Dylan Moore. Yeah. yeah, Dylan Moore. So, yeah, Colton Wong I like um Christopher Morel, I agree horrible spring but that tool and that age like there's a lot to like in a power speed guy if uh, he gets playing time in Chicago so I like that Nick Gordon's here who I'm always a fan of I love the Chris Taylor call especially with gaining shortstop eligibility that can be big as well um he's actually moving up for me quite a bit and then uh Isak Predis, I like quite a bit uh if the multi-position is awesome I think there is a lot of legit power there he had a a decent amount of power in the minor leagues, and he played for Detroit. So we know how that goes. Uh, Comes over to Tampa Bay, see the power kind of start to develop again last year when he hit his 20 home runs. I think there's definitely 20 home run power in that bat. I think he's better than a 205 hitter too. So there's a lot to like there, and they want to get him on the field as much as possible. So I think there is something there. He's going to be 24 this year, so still super young. Uh, It doesn't cost you much in ADP. So, I'm a fan of ESOC there. So I, I like a lot more guys in this 21 to 30 range than I did 11 through 20. Let's go to shortstop now. Let's go 11 through 20, which starts with Tim Anderson and ends with Bryson Stock. Uh, what do you like in this range?
2: Um, So I like uh, – we talk about Tim Anderson, like him. Dansby I like as well, but haven't been able to get there. But who knows? I mean, you know, things can – change on that. Wander's interesting. When we first did the preview, like he was a guy that I mentioned as being really interested in. Well, since the other projections have come rolling in, he is now like one of the bigger fades. I don't know if that's the case for me. It's like, you can see where the development is not linear with him. And he's just a, an explosive guy who hits for a little bit more power, steals a few more bases and, and wins the um, batting crown, you know, and like, that's just an incredible guy to be able to get in this position. But um, the projections don't think that's going to happen but they sometimes miss, miss with guys like him talked about Bogarts again that batting average is really going to drive whether he makes sense as a pick for you or not um, Adamus um, is uh, great I like him um, Pena I have not really been interested in and have not drafted him um, you know uh, he shows up as a negative guy but I mean he's also seems like a player who should be really good, like really cares, tries really hard, did well in the clutch, was injured last year. So if you're into Jeremy Pena, I could totally get that as well. I'm Ahmed Rosario I like a lot, um, you know, kind of contributes all over the place, maybe a little bit light in power, a little bit light in RBI, but you know, he plays every day, um, he steals, he hits for a little bit of pop, um, and he's got that solid batting average, um, pretty consistent. So I like Rosario as well in that spot. Haven't really been into Correa. I think it's more a profile issue. You know, the sheet actually likes him a little bit, um, but I think it's more just like this profile is not necessarily like something that I don't feel like I can replicate a little bit later on in the draft. And uh, you're not really going to get speed. You know, the batting average is OK, but not great. So I kind of tend, tend to tend to steer clear of that a little bit. I do like Nico Horner, like the, the profile. Him and Rosario are pretty similar to me, just in terms of like kind of the batting average. You know, probably low teens. Maybe Horner doesn't get quite get there, but maybe there's a little bit more speed for him. Um, so I like him as well. I like Tyro Estrada, like I mentioned before. I like Javi Baez a lot. I think where he's going, you know, he's a tremendous value. It's just a question about like the pro- the profile doesn't necessarily that type of profile that he has doesn't age gracefully. Like I think it was Eno that did some research on that, but like the guys with the really high O swings do not get better with time but he was also injured last year. So I think it depends on whether you're like buying the injury versus the just reduction in skills. Um, But I like him where he's going right there. Um, You know, I think he's, if you've missed out on your earlier shortstop, I think you can go do a lot worse than Baez. Um, Stop. You know, I mentioned him not being super interested in him. I'll stop there.
1: Yeah. Tim Anderson. We talked about him earlier. Uh, Definitely a little more intriguing to me than he once was. Love Willie Adamas. Big, big, Big circle around William Thomas. Uh Jeremy Pena, I do have some shares of, but now that the news is out, and it, I should have paid more attention to this before, Baker basically said, as long as Michael Brantley's healthy, he's my number two hitter, which is Dusty Baker at his finest, just loves those uh, those veterans. That's, and he basically said, well, it's because Brantley's done it longer. That was his answer. Not that Pena's better. Like, Come on, Dusty. Like,
2: come on. That's why right, Kyle Tucker will hit
1: sixth again this year, like, right? Jesus Christ dusty so i like i still like Paynex. because i think you know how healthy is brantley going to stay let's be realistic about that um, nico horner is intriguing if you like that profile i like that I we're a lot we talked about him but i'm on the javi Baez bounce back as well just based on price alone uh you know he might not ever be the guy we once remember him being in chicago but he's also not an adp close to 170 probably either it does stink hitting in detroit no sugarcoating that but uh he is a definite um I think upside play, you mentioned the value on your sheet. Uh, and then because the, the biggest thing is for me is if you miss out or you're waiting on stuff after Baez, the next shortstop is like over 50 picks later. It starts to get bleak real quick. So um, it, it drops off a cliff and Baez would be one of the last resorts for me. All right, 21 through 30, you got CJ Abrams all the way down to like Joey Wendell, Anthony Volpe area. So who do you like in this 21 to 30?
2: Abrams could be interesting, but you know uh, Davey Martinez was saying that he's not he's not going to hit towards the front end of the lineup but he's got to kind of earn that spot. And that really hurts him for me because the home runs are going to be pretty low, I think, with him I just don't really see the power unless it develops. um kind of season to season, which is definitely possible with a guy with his prospect pedigree the steals are interesting, but if he's batting towards the back end of that lineup I think everything else could be a little. A little gnarly. I mean, the batting average should be decent, too. Ezekiel Tovar is one where I'm like, I really want to get him. I really want to get him. And I never end up getting him. And even though like he's still around at ADP, and I think it's just because of the knees I have in any given draft at that point in time, and maybe question marks about where he's going to hit and you know um, whether he's going to stay up. But the projections like him, we talked about Cam. I talked about Arias when we talked about second base. Jorge Mateo, no interest at all. Oswaldo Peraza. If he's this shortstop, I think he could be really interesting. Um, You know, if he's the starting shortstop, I think when you project him out to 600 plate appearances, it's pretty nice. Um, Adalberto Mondesi, not really interested either. Luis Garcia, I haven't really been interested in that much either. I think he's another one where it's like, you're hoping the batting average is really good. Not quite sure about the power and the speed and whether that's going to come through for you. Um, Andrews is interesting, you know, kind of where he's going a little bit, Um, you know, playing playing second base, he's going to get that eligibility. You know, he may hit towards the back of the lineup, but you could see him putting together like another 15-10 season, something like that, playing for the White Sox. Um, Fulpe, you know, you're kind of hoping that he becomes the starting shortstop. He's one of those guys where if he's not the starting shortstop, then you got to have that debate with yourself and redraft about whether you're gonna drop him or not. And not necessarily something you want to do, but if you don't have to, you know, if it's if it only costs him you 330, maybe that's the the risk that you take there. Um Yeah, that's the last one I have. Is there one that I didn't cover that's
1: in there? Uh, That's pretty much it, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I like C.J. Abrams a lot. I just wish the Nationals liked him as much as I did. I think there's a lot of power, especially speed, to unlock there if they just let him go at the top of the order. So I've had him in a few drafts, especially at that ADP. I agree with you on Ezekiel Tovar. He's supposed to be the dude in in Colorado, so I'm a fan of him as well. These are more middle infield options, though. I'd hate these guys to be my starting shortstops. Let's be very clear about that. Um, after that though, I like as Waldo Peraza, if he is the shortstop, it looks like he should be unless something crazy happens. So I, I like him at that ADP, Elvis Andrews is a late shot, um, is in play. Cause I, I agree. I could see a, a replication or at least close to last season, obviously not as crazy, but pretty solid year there for Chicago. And then Luis Garcia of Washington as a, as a, a long shot late, don't hate him at like a 310 ADP. Second base shortstop eligibility, really good bad average asset. The power looks like it could continue to be developing. So there is a little little something there, but uh, we'll see how that plays out as well. All right. We got a listener question. I believe it's only one. I'll double check. But uh, we got one for the show, and it comes from uh, William Conklin, Toby. Um, a few months have passed. Who's a middle infielder and or relief pitcher that you have changed your opinion on for the better? And who's one that you changed your opinion on for the worse?
2: Mm, me, me, relief pitcher and middle infielder?
1: And, and or. It could be just one or
2: the other. I mentioned Wander is the one that's kind of changed negatively for me, I guess. You know, going from, like, the guy that I thought I'd be um, all over to somebody that I'm not all that interested in um, at this point. Again, I could go after him, but um, this spreadsheet says no. Um, I think Baez is somebody that I've gotten more interested in um, as the kind of draft season has progressed. Um, again, if you wait a long time, like, you know, he like you mentioned, he's kind of like there's a little bit of a cliff after him. So he's somebody who's moved up a little bit in my eyes. Um, and then, yeah, so I answered the first part of that question, right?
1: Yep. you You answered yeah. the whole question.
2: Okay, now I gotta do I gotta do relief pitchers, right?
1: No, it was it was Andor. You don't have to do both if you don't want to. It's up to you. Oh,
2: um, I don't know if there's really like anybody that's moved all that dramatically. In For the me, it's Camilo pitchers. Duvall.
1: I'm I'm, I'm all yeah. out on Duvall. I was in on him early. I'm out on him now. So yeah, that's a hundred percent a shift in my liking uh, at reliever. I don't know if there's anybody else that stands out to you because they kind of all feel the same for the most part to me.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Middle infield, though, the biggest thing for me, I guess, is pretty much out on Jazz Chisholm, which really hurts to say. Which really hurts to say. So that's one. For me, that's meaningful. Yeah. Uh, if, he, if he were to some, if the ADP were to fall to like round four ish, I'd be a little better about it. Maybe at bar on the three, four turn, if he falls, I'll be more in- interested. But well, don't don't tell me that.
2: No, I, I know fun. you're just playing me. I know you're just playing me now. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm <laughs> going to go for uh, Jazz Chilsum at that uh, three, four turn with you drafting right next to me on either side. Uh, that's well, what I'm going to go for. I really don't like him, but I might go that direction. Just Over kidding. his
1: last two or last two weeks, his ADP is anywhere between 31 and 56. I don't mind it closer to the 56 side of thing. There's no way I'm going towards the 31 side of things with Jazz Chisholm. That's that's the conundrum. And then another player that I'm a little more interested in, I still haven't gone all in, but I'm starting to dig in more and potentially take some chances on is O'Neill Cruz. Because I can see the ceiling with O'Neal Cruz. There's also a very large pit, a floor with O'Neill Cruz but I, I definitely see the appeal with O'Neill Cruz that could be a game changer type deal super young guy that could figure it out so a little more interested on him than I was before because I was completely all out at one point in time so we'll see anybody else that stands out to you that has shifted your opinion a, a lot
2: no I don't think so there's not like a ton of relief really pitcher ones so yeah
1: all righty then final thoughts toby on our relief pitchers and middle infielders as we move on to the outfield next week
2: um yeah i mean my only thought is like you forgot to say the comment about how uh, can i go two minutes without the mentioning the spreadsheet um from Pete christensen right yep dc got you yep. yeah yeah D- he got me um so as an honorary in honor of of that of that tweet um i'm going to have a podcast at the end of this uh draft season where i go through my entire spreadsheet from player one all the way to player 1500 and that's all i'm going to do is say player's name where i have them ranked how much money and then where their adp is and then what the value difference is um So I'm just going to do that. And it'll be the Pete Christensen on, honorary podcast. Um, I'm going to invite him on to join me. So it'll be fun. Oh,
1: that'd be amazing. He has compare notes for all 1500 players. That'd be, that'd be so good. So, so good. Well, uh, I, hope I, you guys but enjoyed-
2: I do, I do want somebody to create a, a bot that's called Toby's spreadsheet and it, Toby's spreadsheet bot. And it just puts out, um, you know, projected player valuations and, you know, what their adp valuation? don't don't, is. don't
1: tempt don't tempt twitter like these boys
2: uh, these guys will figure it out know.
1: it then. could be great i, mean, I think draft cheats already working on one as we speak so let's Sounds not let's good. not worry about that right we're, hey now. we're all going
2: to be replaced by artificial intelligence at some point in time right so might as well lean coming. into it
1: yeah we, we should all enjoy it and while we can draft before you can't so uh have fun in all those regards uh next time i talk to you or in person will be this saturday it's hopefully in san francisco barring the crazy weather we talked about earlier. But that should be a blast. The rec room, if anybody's out there and wants to come hang out, the rec room, starting draft at noon on Saturday, come on down. It'll be fun. Um, But other than that, we'll be get back with your outfield review preview next week, which should be a fun one because that's had uh, some moving parts with injuries and whatnot over the last few weeks, and a guy named Jordan Walker has been quite the big deal. Might have to talk about him as well. So check out Toby on Twitter at BatFlipCrazy. I'm at Mediantric. This was Bubba the BatFlip episode 149. Catch you all next time.